The content of the CoinFM podcast is not intended to be investment advice. This content is for your entertainment and information purposes only. Opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of CoinFM management. Coin.fm, your number one source for crypto news and insights. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so excited to have a special guest with me today who is a true innovator and a technology all-star. He's the founder and CEO of CryptoCades, a blockchain-driven gaming platform where the gamers use their skills and computer power to win actual Bitcoin. Welcome to the show, Chad Barraford. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, now, of, co- of course, we're excited to hear about CryptoCades and we have some burning questions for you. But first, we would like to know a little bit more about yourself, your background and some of the key members of your team. Sure, sure. Uh, so my background is predominantly in, in, in coding. Uh, I've been doing for the last 10 plus years. Um, I'm most known for my work on something called Project Jarvis, uh, which is kind of my 15 minutes of fame, if you want to call it that, uh, where I built a kind of like an at-home uh, I called it a digital life assistant at the time. It's kind of like what Google Home is today or, or Siri or these kinds of concepts, but uh, preceded them by a, by a few years. Um, and since then, I've been doing startups uh, nonstop. Um, and then recently, I just actually started building my own ICO from scratch. Uh, I came up with a really interesting consensus algorithm that I'm pretty excited about um, that uh, offers two-factor authentication for uh, transactions on cryptocurrencies. But... Um, Anywho, uh, the other rest of the team is we've got three of the members of my team plus an advisor. Um, Victoria does a great job with uh, operations, and uh, Paul Perry does a, is a head of our marketing. And uh, Rachel from my team is uh, doing most of the design work uh, that you see on the website and other places. Uh, and then I have an advisor, his name is Tarif. Uh, he's a great guy. I've known him for years. He's been doing startups for the last 10, 15 years, maybe more. Uh, and he's been a really could help to kind of help me along the way. That's awesome. It's really critical with these type of projects to make sure that you have a really strong team behind you. So it's great that, that you have some key people with a lot of important skills that complement your own. Um, you mentioned that you started off with programming, and I'm curious, what kind of led you down the path of working on startups? Have you always been quite entrepreneurial? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I started doing coding uh, a little bit in college, and for whatever reason, it actually didn't didn't take. I got into a mentality that like I just felt like I couldn't do software engineering. I don't even know why I convinced myself of this. And for like for a long time, I just convinced myself that I wasn't able to do coding. Like I wasn't have, this, didn't have the, the mindset, if you will. Um, but um, I, I got into coding just for for my job at a at a, at a company. Uh, it's a little bit of scripting here there, and I just kind of went from there to to another thing to build, another thing to build, and. Before you knew it, like, I was just building, you know, Jarvis and and, and algorithms to, to to detect spam on on Twitter's network and other kind of things, and I just yeah. couldn't 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 stop. And so I just started to just like explore different ideas that I thought were wow, cool that that's really impressive, you know, because um, a lot of times when I talk to folks, and I have to say honestly, even myself, I take a look at some code and I feel immediately intimidated. You know, I'm constantly saying, oh, I would love to learn JavaScript or any of these new languages coming out, but it's very intimidating. So what would you say kind of got you over the hump? I mean, of course, there's the pressure of you had a job, you had to perform and deliver. But would you say it was just something that kind of clicked for you that suddenly it all made sense? 
what was your kind of eureka moment? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what you're describing is something called like imposter syndrome. It's something like a lot of developers, uh, people, even myself can sometimes feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but what, for me, what got me over it is like, I, I built this Java system, which at the time I didn't feel I was a, I was a software engineer. And I, when I made it into an actual startup and I, I brought in two engineers to, to actually build the thing for me. Um, we actually needed more hands to help build it. And so I did predominantly the front end of that, of that project. And then once it was over, I was like, you know what? Like I built this Jarvis thing and I helped build this product and like, maybe I actually can do this. And so I started to explore other languages. I learned Python after that point and other languages of Ruby eventually. And now Golang is like kind of my favorite language right now. But, uh, um, it's just, it took time. It took, just took time to convince myself that, like, you know what? Like, maybe I actually can. Very <laughs> encouraging. <You know? laughs> I'm going to take your story and apply it to myself. And maybe, maybe one day down the road, who knows? My advice is, like, don't try to think about all the things you don't know. Because there will always be a million things that you don't know. And there's a million things that I don't know. And so just, like, take it step at a time. The, the, the smallest baby steps that you can think of. And just take those baby steps. And if you don't try not to think of like try not to look down so to speak when you're like you know when you're on like a higher wire and you look down you get all you know scared like kind of stuff just look forward look at the next step in front of you uh google what you need to find out to, oh how do i do a for loop in this language what does this mean this word or whatever mm-hmm. little bits little steps at a time and and you know it's always good to have uh friends and that you can talk to and answer questions and have some dialogue back and forth really really strong and sound advice from somebody who knows and who's who's been down the path, because as you mentioned, you're notably credited with having created that original version of Project Jarvis. And now we know it came out later. Mark Zuckerberg has his own Jarvis and it's voiced by Morgan Freeman, which is really wild. How how did that all come about? How did it go from being, you know, a pet project for you to ultimately Mark Zuckerberg has this in his home? I wish I had Morgan Freeman do the voice for my job. That would be awesome. That's one thing I'm super jealous about. I mean, oh God. But uh, no, so I, I mean, I was building Jarvis uh, in my apartment back in Boston, and uh, and uh, the Boston Globe just kind of caught wind of it. Uh, a friend of mine was actually he's a writer at the Boston Globe. We were friends of the dog park, and we both have dogs, and we're kind of good buddies. And he thought it was really interesting, so he submitted to his editor. Uh, at the Boston Globe, and the Globe wrote a featured me in, in that article, and then from there it just kind of exploded online on Gadget, Gizmodo, and like tons of blogs. And to this day, I still get you know emails from people and, and you know Facebook friend requests wow. and stuff like that. Um, and some, I guess that that kind of spurred other people. There's been a lot of people over the years who have tried to like kind of duplicate yeah. my work, uh, which is great. Like um, you know the fact that what what I built inspired so many people to try to build the same thing, including, I'm assuming Mark Zuckerberg, and he calls the same thing as my thing, Project Jarvis. So I, I can't, you know, anyways, but like, I, I mean, it, it feels great for me as a person, as an engineer to, to just inspire people in that way, to get people to get involved with software engineering. I actually got an email once from a, a woman, uh, a young woman from Dubai who wanted mm-hmm. to get into software engineering. And she was saying how my work has inspired her to, to get involved with that stuff. And that felt fantastic to me that, you know, a woman in that part of the world, you know, getting involved with software engineering, it's just like, 
just awe-inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. It is is really inspiring. And especially now, you know, just the power of the internet and having all of these online communities and having people be able to come together in Facebook groups or whatever have you and really go into discussions and learn um, about the different technologies and and inspire one another. It's really empowering in and of itself, definitely. So I'm curious about this CryptoCades project. You know, let's say that I'm somebody who's brand new to crypto. I'm not so tech savvy. I can send an email. Maybe I could update a Google Doc, but that's about it. Is CryptoCade something that I could really use and enjoy? Uh, yes. Education is a, a component of what we want to do within CryptoCades. We feel that that by um, demystifying crypto and making it fun and engaging by playing online games, and people can actually win Bitcoin, like actual Bitcoin. We send out Bitcoin to people every week. Um, and we feel we have a, a blog where we kind of demystify and simplify the concepts behind cryptocurrency. We put it into kind of plain English. Um, we hope that brings more crypto curious people into the crypto space um, and, uh, and, and learn more about this area. Uh, we do actually require that you have a Bitcoin address in order to, in order to win money on our, on our platform. Uh, and we give you documentation about, you know, the different wallets that are out there, Jax and Exodus and these things. Um, and so we help people as much as we can to, to get you know, informed and, and, and learn about the space. Yeah, that's really, I think, a very important part about bringing people into crypto is also the educational piece, right? And just making sure that sure. they know what they're getting into, that they understand at least some of the basics. And I think it's good, you know... Uh, at least having a wallet and understanding how to create a wallet and make sure that your your bitcoins are safely stored. That's a really important and good starting place for getting into the crypto universe, let's say. Yeah, we're working on a, a, a blog series right now that's all about wallets. Like, how do you get one? How do you secure one? What are the wallet? What is an actual wallet? You know, there's a lot of mis, uh, misnomers of wallets. You don't actually store anything in a wallet. It's just more of an authentication thing than it is an actual storage. But uh, yeah, we got a whole thing coming out in the future. I'll be staying tuned for that myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can all use the education. <laughs> now, as I was learning a bit more um, about CryptoCades and what it is you all are offering, I was speaking with one of my colleagues, and he was telling me actually that you know a, a few weeks ago he had downloaded an app that came out that was really well marketed and, and promoted and it said that you know he was going to be able to earn all these coins and he was going to be the next bitcoin billionaire basically and ultimately <laughs> what happened after about 2 days and 6 miles of walking he earned <laughs> what was the equivalent of about 10 cents in in US dollars so i'm curious um with cryptocades how many hours of gameplay would somebody you know need to put in in order to to have some kind of substantial amount of bitcoin that they would have earned or won yeah sure so how cryptocades works uh, underneath the hood and we try to be as transparent about this as we possibly can, uh, is that while you're playing these games, you're doing in-browser mining uh, of a coin called Monero. And we take whatever money that we earn from that uh, mining that our gamers are playing, we take approximately 70% at the very minimum. We put that back into uh, a Bitcoin jackpot that we have a drawing every Thursday. And so when you play these games, you earn what we call jackpot plays. And the more jackpot plays that you earn, the more you can drop into a, a weekly uh, jackpot of your choosing. And the, the jackpot themselves right now is $100 uh, mm-hmm. per jackpot. You can win 100 bucks. We've given out, I think, about 500 bucks, 600 bucks so far. 
uh, since we started last month. And uh, but there's no limit on terms of how big the jackpot can get. We don't put any upper limits on it. So the more people that play, the bigger the jackpot gets, and the bigger jackpot gets, the more people, uh, the more money that people can win. Um, as we get further downstream, we have more people playing. We're going to have more jackpots daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. We're going to do all sorts of kind of uh, expand out the awards we give out as much as we can. But um, but the vast, vast, vast majority of the money that we earn from the mining itself goes back to the people. Because one of the problems with, with mining in general, it's similar to what your, your friends experience is that you can do it for like a week straight. And you earn maybe 50 cents if you're, if you're lucky, you know, depending upon your hardware, of course, which is like, you know, almost nothing. Um, and so we say basically that if we can pool all those resources together and either, you know, uh, mine 50 cents and have 50 cents in your pocket, which I don't think most people really care all that much about, or you can actually pool resources together and then somebody can win, you know, a larger sum of money, you know, like a hundred bucks right now, the, the pots of hundred dollars and worth of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But in the future, it can get 10,000, it can get 100,000, it can get as big as, you know, as our user base allows us to get. It sounds very fascinating. I mean, I think that it's it's quite exciting, especially seeing how um, other games that came out, like, for example, CryptoKitties. I know it's a different it's a different concept. It's not mining. But just, you know, once something starts uh, catching on and people are excited by it, then, you know, it, it, it really gains a certain momentum. And it sounds like this is something where the more people that are involved in playing is the greater that the jackpot becomes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The more people that play, the bigger the jackpot gets. The math is as, as, as simple as that. Very cool. Very cool. And is there a particular browser that someone would need to use in order to play the games? No, we support um, any reasonable browser, you know, Safari, Chrome, um, all that kind of stuff. You can use any browser you like. It should work with all of them. Very cool. And, you know, recently there was some uh, announcements made by Google that they would be putting a ban on cryptocurrency related ads and also on crypto mining browser extensions. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you think that this is something that would impact CryptoCades? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we've already been hit by mm-hmm. We've tried to make some advertising on, on Facebook and other um, Google and these kind of platforms that we've been rejected by them just because we have crypto in our name, mm-hmm. um, which is to me, it's, it's, it's pretty unfair. But I understand what they're trying to do. There's a lot of malicious activity in the, in the space right now, which there always is. And when you have a, uh, a new advancement in technology, that was true for the Telegram, that was true for the railroad mania in the 1840s. Uh, there's always scams and, and, and malicious people, uh, actors involved in the space. And, and in browser mining specifically, it's been predominantly done through malicious purposes, uh, which is terrible, you know. Uh, but there's a, there's a really great technology that can open up new revenue streams that was never possible before. I mean, we are effectively building indie games that are actually potentially profitable, you know, and we want to make it so that other gamers, game developers can do that as well. But um, there's a lot of um, uh, uh, challenges when it comes to uh, marketing for a company like mine, uh, because Google and Facebook and, and all these, you know, platforms are blocking us blindly, you know, and it makes, it makes us more difficult to advertise and get our name out there and, all that stuff. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely something, unfortunately, that's had a, a big impact and kind of resounding impacts across the entire market. Anyone who has anything to do with cryptocurrencies is having issues with everything from advertising and marketing all the way to, to even banking. You know, recently um, we did an interview with uh, Craig from Trader Cobb on, on his podcast. Yeah. And on that discussion, you know, we had talked about how uh, Australia was... Uh, basically freezing some bank accounts 
and folks weren't able to do any kind of transfers or anything related to cryptocurrencies. So all of this is having a really huge impact across the market for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but I am very confident that it's, it's a temporary thing. It's just the it's the world kind of reacting quite harshly to not not harshly because there's there's a reason to do what they're doing in the sense of scam activity, Ponzi schemes, like that kind of stuff. But but that will be solved over time, and and I'm sure at some point Facebook and Google and you know will allow ads again uh, for crypto related. Uh, products like ours. In speaking with you and learning more about um, your product and your team, you know, it definitely sounds like you guys are well skilled. You know what you're doing. You have very good intentions. What would be um, your advice to someone who's fairly new, who's interested in in getting involved in crypto or interested in um, downloading some apps? What advice would you give them to make sure that they stay away from anything that that might have crypto jacking or have some kind of malicious intent, as opposed to producing, you know, entertaining educational content like what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, avoiding crypto jacking is generally a, a kind of a hard thing to do because most of the time you're you don't it's, it's a system where you don't have to opt in. You just by navigating to a specific website, they take your CPU and they start mining typically Monero. Um, and, and I guess you can the most obvious way to notice it is just by noticing your computer's fans are kicking up for no apparent reason. Um, I was on a website recently where that happened. I was like, well, what's going on here? And I had looked through all my tabs through the uh, in Chrome, it's called uh, Task Manager that helps you to find which tab is taking up all of your CPU. And, uh, you know, it's hard to do. You know, it really is hard to do. And that's, there are some antivirus software and ad block software that blocks these kind of things, uh, which is great uh, for, for the crypto jacking scenarios, but also becomes problematic for us being a legitimate uh, company that's trying to use script, uh, in browser mining for, for you know, in a, a way that you opt in. You don't, we don't just mine because you went to a web page. We, we, we tell you that what's what we're doing and you opt in by playing one of our games, you know? Right. We try to be as transparent as we can. It's even on our homepage that that's what we're doing. When it comes to ICOs, uh, like my advice is always look at the team, check out their LinkedIn accounts, um, make sure you can, you can find their source code, um, read the white paper, Google the white paper. That's actually one of the things that really helps is if you look for key phrases in the white paper and just Google that. Mm-hmm. Find, if you can find other white papers that use the same language, it's probably, you know, probably a bad thing, especially if those white papers are also kind of questionable in nature, you know? That's a really good tip. Just Google some phrases and see if they're used on, you know, five, ten other websites or even one other website, you know, to see if it's been copied directly. That's a very good tip. Yeah, I've... I, a friend of mine asked me the other day to, to like investigate a specific ICO and uh, it's about like a banking ICO, like, well, a whole bank in your pocket kind of thing. And uh, I Googled one of the kind of important phrases in the, in the thing. I found like five or six different white papers on the internet, wow. all looking worse than the previous one in terms of like scaminess and just questionable, you know, yeah, terrible. yeah, it's really quite bad because it makes it that much harder for the legitimate project to be able to stand out and draw attention and, you know, raise funds that are needed to do positive work, you know, and, and ultimately results in, yeah. unfortunately, these kind of bans just across the board from, you know, major players like Facebook and Google, which have so much impact. And now, you know, we kind of just have to wait until they decide that, you know, it's okay and they're going to maybe do some detailed screening or something to try to pick out who's legitimate and who's not. So, yeah, it's, it's a real challenge right, right now. 
Now, one of the things that, that you mentioned in your response was also about looking at the team and making sure that an ICO you might be considering or a project you, you might be um, interested in, in partnering up, up with has a very strong team. Uh, what would you advise for our listeners who have a great idea, but they need manpower to execute and they're looking to build their team? What did you look for, for example, with CryptoCades? Um, in terms of building a team, um, I mean, I was, uh, the, I'm, the, I'm the founder of this company. I, I came up with the idea and, and I built the initial kind of prototype, so to speak. And now I was looking to bring people into, into my team that could kind of fill in the roles that I couldn't do. I mean, uh, it's my kind of mentality that like when you're a founder of, of a company or a coin for that matter, um, that you do all the jobs that need to get done, uh, need to get done until you can find somebody else who can do those jobs much better than yourself. Uh, and I was lucky, um, to be able to find, uh, the team that I've been able to put together. They've been, they've been doing a fantastic job. Um, and for me, it, um, I just used my personal network just mm-hmm. to reach out to people that I knew. Um, as you, as you know, I'm actually traveling around the world right now for a year as part of this company called Remote Year. And um, most of these other people in, in my team are from Remodia. We all have this huge kind of um, um, Slack channel that everybody talks uh, and communicates wow. with over a thousand people. Uh, and they're all, you know, very bright and interesting people. And uh, I reached out through there and I found some really talented people to help with marketing and operations and the design and all these components that I personally know, you know, very little about, you know, so I definitely have to acknowledge the areas that I'm not equipped to do uh, well and find people who can. Yeah, really good advice. It's important just to have those complementary skills, especially, you know, when you're getting started. And, you know, usually when we think of crypto and gaming, unfortunately for right now, a lot of what comes to mind is guys. Um, and actually, recently, I've had some conversations with yeah. folks that say, wow, you know, this is the first podcast about cryptocurrency I've been listening to that it's actually a woman. Um, that's the host. And there's, you know, we don't hear any guys from you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just curious, what's your perspective as a founder in this emerging space that, that you're developing, um, you know, in gaming specifically? Yeah. What's your view on on diversity, especially around gender in the crypto market? Yeah, I mean, that's non-surprisingly, that's a big problem right now in the crypto space. I think right now, 5% of people who own um, a currency of some kind, a cryptocurrency of some kind, are women. You know, it's it's a very disproportionately male-dominated, you know, um, industry right now, which is quite unfortunate. Um, I mean, within my company, we I've hired people of three different nationalities, sexual orientation, um, skin color, uh, gender. Like we're a very diverse company uh, at CryptoKids. It's something I'm very proud about, and uh, we we need to do the best we can to in, in, uh, encourage people of different backgrounds, women uh, and, and others other areas, um, about getting them more involved in crypto space. Uh, I have a friend of mine named Kim. Uh, different Kim, of course, uh, uh, and she's you know really big into this crypto space, and she's been um, advocating for for different uh, cryptocurrency groups that advocate for for women, and and uh, she's been doing a fantastic job um, uh, doing that stuff as well. So it's 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 a hard problem to solve. How do we get more women involved? That's something we have to do as, as a community. For us at CryptoCades, we want to build uh, a diverse set of games. Uh, we want to build games that uh, attract different kinds of gamer types, different kinds of people to be as diverse as we can. And so we intend to build games in the future that maybe attract um, a certain kind of person, maybe women, maybe men, maybe. Uh, but we're trying to think, that's what we think about when we 
design our next game, you think about what kind of person are this going to be targeting? What kind of person would you want to satisfy with this kind of game? Wonderful. I really respect that point of view and I, I personally appreciate it. Um, so, you know, just, just in closing up, um, it sounds very exciting. All of the amazing work that's going on at CryptoCades. Are the games currently available for people to start jumping into and having some fun with? Yeah, right now we have uh, one game that we, we launched with the, with the platform last month. Um, it's called Talos Tower. It's a very, very simple game. We designed specifically to be as simple as possible um, for people. Uh-huh. Uh, that game, you're trying to build a tower the tall, as tall as you can get it. The more time that your tower is being built or going taller, the more jackpot plays you earn, the more jackpot plays you earn, the more chances you have to win $100 worth of Bitcoin, which is great. Uh, our next game we're working on right now is called Asteroid uh, Tycoon, where you uh, have a spaceship and you're trying to uh, mine iron ore from uh, nearby asteroids, and then you can use the iron ore to upgrade your ship and that kind of stuff, um, and as well as trade the iron ore for uh, for, for jackpot plays. And what's really interesting to me about this particular game is that uh, for the first time, we're actually taking mining away from just being about how powerful your CPU is, but also your ability to play the game. How much, how much money you can earn from mining is not solely based upon how big your computer is. It's also based upon uh, your ability to strategize and, and execute a gameplay for this particular game. That's great, because when we think about Bitcoin mining, you, know, you have to get this special machine and, and all these things, or else you have to trust someone else and go into the cloud, et cetera, into these, um, these groups. So it's very cool that you're able to use your own skills to you know, contribute to, to mining and hopefully earning some Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the great things about in-browser mining is that you don't need to buy new hardware. You don't need to spend $2,000 or whatever it is on you know, some sort of ASICs you know, board or something like that. Uh, you can just take your regular laptop or, um, and, or your computer or maybe even your, your, your mobile device, uh, set it up and start playing the game and then you know, have some fun and then also hopefully win some, some big ones. Awesome. Awesome. Chad, thank you so much for taking the time with us. I am definitely going to go to CryptoCades.com and check it out and get some gameplays in. And I would encourage everyone to do the same. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chad. Thank you so much, Kim. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, subscribe to our podcast channel to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. Join the CoinFM social community on Twitter and Facebook. And stay tuned with us at Coin.fm for more news and market updates.